Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of The Great Overthinker. It be me, Jazamar, and today we have a very special guest on the show. I say that every time I have a guest, but every guest is special. Um, yes, I know, I've known him for about 12 to 13 years. I don't know if you know that now. But um, to see his journey over the past years, it's been an honor to witness. And um, he's a writer, a poet, a singer, a rapper, an entrepreneur, a performer, entertainer. Um, yeah, the list goes on and on. Is there anything I'm leaving, leaving out? Philanthropist. <laughs> You're all of it. <laughs> a big brother. Look. A godfather. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, I think in uh, a great overthinker as well. Okay, we'll get into that. But okay. yes, uh, also a pretty dope friend. And yes, yeah, so welcome to the show, my friend Najee Omar. <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> Yo, how are you doing today? I am doing. Um, I'm doing well today. I'm doing well today. I'm excited to be here i'm excited to be a part of this conversation um and i'm grateful that i get to talk with you with someone that i love and trust um on a platform and in a way that uh will allow me to sit with myself and maybe challenge me um and so i'm just in this moment i think i'm yeah, I'm full of gratitude and I'm also um, excited. Yeah, I feel the same. I think I'm surprised too. like you were actually you were wait, were you featured last? I did a thing for Pride. I don't know if you were featured in that or not, because there were so many people I was trying to get for that. But I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, whack <laughs> next year. But um, yeah, I'm like, we should have been had this conversation a while ago. So it feels like um of like home and like we should have been doing this and it's natural so i'm excited for you to be on the show and yeah so do, do you have um spotify by the way okay so i do i will say this i got kicked off of somebody's family account oh lord however that was only like two months ago so my spotify wrapped is was this where you're going with it? yes okay okay <laughs> so my yeah, my Spotify rap, it has revealed some helpful information, but for some other areas, I rely on the Apple Musics. They don't have that. They have a thing. What is it? It's, I think they call it you like- You gotta their pay replay. for it. <laughs> you know how Apple be. <laughs> it's called like their replay. I will say I actually spent a significant amount of time just kind of with this yesterday because mm -hmm. I looked at both Apple's version Mm. in comparison to Spotify's version. Mm -hmm. And the Spotify rap is just very personal. Like they, this year, whoever their team was behind it, like it really helped you learn things about yourself through the music. Um, mm -hmm. In a very personal way that was just like, okay, I kind of see myself a little bit differently because you wrapped this shit up for me. Yeah. Um. So yes, and then Apple Music, has something that the only reason I'm bringing it up is because Apple Music has it has all of my Beyonce shit, and I, <laughs> I exclusively listen to Beyonce on Apple Music. I did other stuff on Spotify. Okay, fine. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think they had anything last year. 
like I was asking Clay about the the wrap up because he only listens really to Apple Music, and I was like, I don't think they had anything. Um, I do. I forgot the personality part because uh, I was reading. I mean, it was a little minute. You got to go through all the slides and they're doing all this stuff, and I forgot what it said about me. I kind of want to know, but they have like a a word like you're the yes. the music adventurer or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Do, do you remember how many genres you went through? I, it gave me five. Really? Oh, you ain't on there. No, no, no. I, first of all, yes, I am on there. They were... Why could I not have gone through I'm five? I'm only saying that because I feel like most... A lot of people are crossing genres. So, like, I feel like mine was, like, 29. It was like, you've explored 29 genres over the last year. No, that's because you probably really did span. I was, I think that I was. You were just listening to Renaissance? <laughs> you said what? You were just listening to Renaissance? Dance, R&B, oh, pop. <laughs> Put a number five? I would say number five. I have a screenshot. Oh, okay. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, because I like literally was really fascinated by this. Um, so my five genres, the top five genres were... <clears throat> Coming in at number one, alternative, <laughs> alternative R and B. Okay. Number two, hip hop. Mm -hmm. Number three, urban contemporary. Okay. Number four, indie soul. What is urban contemporary? That's like everything, like R and B and hip hop. It I feels think made I, up. It probably is made up, and I cannot give you an exact answer to what it is, but it's the third top genre that I listen to. Let me look. Let me look. Urban contemporary. Your top. I don't want this to play though. So my top are R&B, Indie Soul, Hip Hop, Ambient, and Neo Soul. Oh, your top five. Okay, dope. Dope. Yeah, I just, yeah, I did my top five. That's funny. Ambient. That That's the one that sticks out to me. Girl, what is I was on a lot I go to sleep a lot to um like meditation music or um I do a lot of rain sounds. I love rain sounds um at night. Mind you, I probably listened to that last night. But going to sleep and waking up, I usually use that. So I would imagine that would be in my top. Because it's like every day almost. <laughs> See, that's fire and dope. And also that's something that I don't do that often, right? Mm. Um, and surprise. Well, why? Like you feel like a um, I don't know, like a rainfall at night kind of nigga. Kind of. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if you said that's what you listen to. <laughs> I mean, you're from Brooklyn though, so I don't know. Y'all different. I I'll say I I will generally gravitate toward um sounds i have this one sound but it's on apple music oh, and it's um i think it's called the track is called dawn at the resort okay dawn who yeah. richard <laughs> <laughs> dawn who not that dawn not that dawn but we'll oh, get to the second. actual dawn okay uh-huh um and it's it has like these nature sounds that you would find i guess in a tropical place but that nice. wouldn't put there is the most comforting to me mm -hmm. um and so i'll use this one track it's track i think it's like track number four i'll put that on a loop and play that over and over and over and over oh, nice. but i usually will only do that if i have trouble sleeping 
Mm. Yeah, I like, I think those things like just really hmm, set the atmosphere and the tone for like what you're sleeping to. Because I can go to sleep to like quiet, like nothing. But it's like, I don't know, having a little something, I think, shifts the atmosphere, <laughs> if you will. So, I feel that. Yeah. So, yeah, I know we got a little sidetracked on that. But, um, yeah, what were we talking about? The Spotify playlist. So, yeah, I guess yours is Warped. Mine is pretty accurate. My top song is Heated, which makes sense for our conversation today. My top artist is Beyonce, which makes sense for conversations today. And it probably would have been the top regardless because I listen to a lot of, well, I listen to more Destiny's Child stuff than I do Beyonce stuff on a regular. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I do want to, before we get into the actual talking, want to make sure that people have a, a general sense of who you are. So how would you describe yourself? Um, I know I asked that in this way because I think like I, I live in LA and there's a certain way I think most people introduce themselves. I won't tell you what that is because I don't want to sway how you answer it. But, um, you know, for yourself, how would you, you know, describe who is Najee Omar? Yo, um, thank you for asking me that question because I feel like I have been sitting with that in a new way in this season of my life. Mm-hmm. Um how would I describe myself as an extension of who am I? Who the fuck are you now? Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was thinking about this in the shower just before I came on here, just in case you asked me. This is the best I came up with. Okay. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, First and foremost, I see myself, not I see myself, but I am a storyteller. Okay. Um... For me, that looks like using multiple disciplines to tell stories. And when I say stories, I mean my own story and stories of the people in places that look and sound like me. Mm -hmm. On stage, that can look like theater or rap. And, Mm -hmm. And on the page, it can look like anything from poetry to essays. I would also describe myself as a youth advocate. In the classroom, it looks like leading a youth empowerment organization that ignites students as change agents. And when I'm not in the classroom, I'm working closely with community engaged artists to facilitate spaces for them to work with their neighbors to activate their neighborhoods as spaces of art making. Um, I I'll that. conclude with, I'm a damn good friend. <laughs> yes. I am a passionate lover. I am a big dreamer. Mm. And I am limitless. You are preaching on tonight. You are preaching on tonight. Tell me why. Okay, the universe is really wild. I'm going to share a text I just got. This is from a person that I don't talk to uh, consistently, but randomly they sent me this morning. It said, uh, expressing and sending you, wait, expressing and sending love to you 
you are God's highest form of creation, you are limitless. Mm. I just got that today. Mm. So I was like, same message to you and also same message to you, Najee. Mm. Yeah, it's just funny how like, I don't know, how the universe be like sending you confirmation of things and it seems so um, minor, like even specific words like limitless. Mm. yeah it's a common word but you're like you're saying this every single day unless that's like part of your mantra or whatever but to have it through this person who you don't know who sent me a text and you're saying the same thing about yourself and I you know it all flows together so it's just it's just cool to have those kind of confirmation moments and they're not minor like they're they're pretty big and I think the more I've been in touch with like spiritual me and my community and all that stuff like the way that it flows between all of us is like pretty wild to me so thank you for sharing your um your introduction and who you are and and saying it in a way that is truly who you are because sometimes people describe like kind of what they do in Mm -hmm. general as like who they are i'm like well yeah that's definitely a version of you or these are things that you do but like who you are is usually bigger than that. So I appreciate that. Um, anything else you want to say with that? No, nah, I just, I want to say um, that I agree with everything that you said. And also thank you for giving me that prompt, you know, to think about who am I? You know what I mean? Who am I outside of or in conversation with what I do? Um, but everything I do, hopefully is a reflection of who I am. So who am I, who am I without those things? Yeah. Okay. Pause there. Cause we get, we're going to talk about this stuff later. Um, so we're going to get really quickly into the will of randomness. I, uh, I sent you the will. So I told you, I don't remember what's on there per se, <laughs> but just spin it and then tell me what it is. And I'll, I'll describe it. All right. <clears throat> I'm scared. <laughs> okay. Do I say category? The word? What do I say? You can just read it. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> Flower shower. Flower shower. Okay, so this is for um a person. It could in my mind I'm thinking an artist of some sort. So musical artist, um, actor, um, poet, whoever, that you would like to give flowers to. Okay. Oh, that's like, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. It could okay. be anybody. <laughs> All right. Um, so the, the funny thing is, you know, I'll do the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say an author. And his name is Rashid Newsom. Okay. And why did I choose Rashid? So Rashid just wrote a book that gagged me, grabbed me by the throat. Oh, damn. Dragged me by my collar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, the book is called My Government Means to Kill Me. And Ooh. it is a coming-of-age story about a Black queer boy navigating New York City in the 80s. Oh, damn. 
And so it is, without giving too much away, well, the reason why I wanted to give Rashid his flowers is because um, I want to thank him for giving me a new mirror to mm. see myself in ways in which I have either seen myself but never seen anyone else articulate these things or, or these experiences. Um, and for allowing me to see myself through the lens of either time, places, people that I may not have ever experienced myself before. Mm -hmm. um, and so the shit was exciting. It's it's heartbreaking. It is um, it's full of like great historical references. It feels real tangible and gritty, like the mm -hmm. city that I know it to be. So um, just kudos to Rashid for writing our stories. Uh, and when I say our, I mean black queer stories um, with so much life. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, shout out to Rashid. Wow. Is this a non nonfiction fiction? What is it? So it's a, um, I want to believe that it is fiction, but it has all these like nonfiction historical references and like mm. activist groups and things that actually happen. But I believe the character story is fictional, just placed in these times and like has real relationships with um, historical figures. Yeah, that's cool. And you already know, like queer life in New York in the 80s was a very specific thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to check it out and just shout out to queer writers in general. Like, I know, if I'm giving flowers, like Octavia Butler, obviously is like one of the best. Mind you, hmm, I want to say, did you tell me about her first? I don't really know. Um, but, you know, I've read, I've read maybe three of her books. I'm like, these are like, what is happening? And also the way that they end is very... Um, again without telling too much it's like it is bigger than the book almost it's just like you expect it to end a certain way because i feel like a lot of books are like especially if it's fiction it's like you're going through the story and it ends a certain way and you're like okay either you like it or you don't but i feel like there's a story based on the way that the stories are ending the books are ending that goes beyond like yes. what's actually happening in the book you know and i'm like oh wow this is this is bigger like <laughs> i'm gonna just have to be fine with the ending of this book because it's not about the protagonist winning all the time or you know everyone being happy or everyone being sad it's not a super finite um ending at least in the ones the books that i've i've read so far so i like i just really appreciate like um her approach to writing and, and storytelling because it's it's pretty like next level, especially at the time that she was doing it. So kudos and flowers to her. I love that. I just, I just, you made me think of something. Um, first of all, shout out to Octavia. Um, I have her, I have her words tattooed to my rib. Oh yeah. What words? Um, it's from Parable of the Sower and it says, all that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Ah, I remember reading that. 
Um, so I carry Octavia with me every day. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> uh, but also just about the ending. I was so upset when this book ended. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I only like to read. I have a complicated relationship with literature and reading in spite of all the, the writing that I do. Yeah. Um, and I have a short attention span. So I don't like to read books that are maybe longer than 150 pages. Okay. Um, and if the book doesn't grab me, I'm notorious for putting a book down and leave out. I'll, I'll read 20 pages and then won't return to the book until a couple of months or never. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, I but, get it. Yeah, but this book, oh my gosh, I'm flipping, flipping, flipping. And then when it got to the end, like I got a little pissed off because I'm like, so this is it? Yeah, I know. I was like and that too. This book is almost 300 pages. I know. And I was so surprised that I was able to get through. For some people, that's nothing, right? For me, that's a big feat. And so I was surprised that I was able to get through. And then I was like, I could have done a whole other 300 pages of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is... It is nice when you can feel like either a character, that world or that universe, you know, just continues to live on. Um, it's exciting yeah. and then a lot, just their stories are living on through you. Yes. And that's that's how I, I, I receive a lot of, again, I haven't read that many books. And mind you, I got to read part two. I, I think I only read The Sower, The Parable of the Sower, not The Talent. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I can go on and on about her stuff. And I know Kendra is coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, I have extremely high expectations for that. I haven't really watched any of the um, the trailers, but y'all got a lot to live up to, ma'ams and sirs. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, again, shout out to her and, and all you writers out there and specifically shouting out the queer writers today. But um, yeah, your your work goes beyond you know, the words that y'all are writing. So, and you yeah. too, you're a career writer as well. So flowers to you. <laughs> and we're going to get into that um, in a second. But yeah, our overthought for today is around the topic of Renaissance, um, the album. And this album came out in summertime. I should know the exact day. Um, July should... I know you knew. It's like somebody <laughs> knows the exact day. Um, I used to know all the dates for every like Best in Child album. Like all of, May first is Survivor. Um, I know full not uh what's the word? Destiny Fulfill was in November, November something. Um, I was a I was a stand at a, a point in time, but um, but yeah, and I know you were too. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get into talking about the album and it's significance to the culture to our individual lives to our journeys and i don't know i never really know what i'm gonna call the episode until like a lot later but i'm right now i'm calling the overthought renaissance a cultural icon and <laughs> and you know i called it that because i think renaissance is one of those albums that i always be thinking about going beyond whatever we think it is so it's it's beyond being a great album it's beyond Beyonce to me um even though she was the one orchestrating all of it um so the album in the album in and of itself to me is also iconic and a, and a cultural icon and um you know 
before I really get started, I'm going to add a quick little question. So do you consider yourself an overthinker before we get into all of this? Uh, yes. I'll say yes. Uh, do I need to say more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only if you want to. Because, um, go ahead. I was just going to say an overthinker in the sense that um, I'm definitely not an underthinker. Bloop. Um, <laughs> but in in the sense that um I live in I can live in my head a lot. I didn't know that. I live in my what? Mm-hmm. I mostly exist in my head. Oh wow! I spend so much time in my head. Um, so much time with my thoughts. Sometimes it's too much, and I literally will have to physically remove myself from my home space, or if I'm by mm-hmm. myself, because I'm like, you got to get out of your head. Wow. Um, so yeah, but also in the sense that because there's a field day going on upstairs, mm. um, there's just so much room to to play, dream, and manifest. So yes. Thanks for sharing. That's just to set the tone before you know we get into it. Like, do you overthink? Do you not? But um, getting back to the album, the reason I wanted to kind of talk about Renaissance is I think that the album is still very relevant. Um, and that, you know, it's been a, a few months since it's been released. We're going, we're in December now of 2020, 2022. And um, I think we've been, made, been able to sit with it outside of the the hype of the release in general. Like Beyonce before this hadn't released um, a full like studio album outside of um, The Gift, which is, was also like a, a compilation situation so it wasn't like just her so it's been a minute and then you're like oh my gosh what is this and it's something different than what she's done before maybe something she's hinted at and i think you can have a different conversation about the the album once you've been removed from that hype of the initial release so i'm kind of excited to have more conversations like this regarding like topics that are like oh my gosh we're all talking about this every day and then it, it simmers down and i'm like well i still want to talk about it so renaissance is like one of those those things for me um i was telling you earlier like i want to listen to it today but i didn't get a chance to do it but <laughs> i know you listen to it twice and i i be listening to it almost i'm like it's really hard to listen to other things um at this point but you know i'm slowly listening to other stuff but Thank you for listening to it twice. I appreciate. Um, so my first question for you regarding Renaissance is what was your first impression of Renaissance when you listened to it for the very first time? You cried? Um, I didn't cry, but I think my first impression or first experience was what the fuck is this? Right. I... Uh, I I stopped putting expectations on Beyonce after Homecoming. Yeah. Because she had that gap where she was supposed to do it. She got pregnant. She didn't come. There wasn't necessarily a whole plethora of new material. And as a stand, as a self-proclaimed stand, <laughs> self-proclaimed president of the Brooklyn Alumni Chapter oh, of the <laughs> I then was just like, I don't know if she's going to come and give us something super different. Mm-hmm. And when she blew us out the water with Homecoming, well, the Coachella performance first, just the performance. And yeah. then she comes back and like, here, I'm going to document the process. I said, I am never again 
ever gonna put a limit to what she can fucking do. So I went into Renaissance not knowing what the fuck I was going to experience. And then I came out with even more questions. Like, where did all of this come from? Mm. And how the fuck did she capture all of this shit? Oh my gosh, I'm bubbling inside. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so that was my first experience. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you mine. I remember, I feel like because we're on the West Coast, so we know like the time difference or whatever. So we're waiting down to nine o'clock or whatever, our time. We're like, okay, it's it's open. I think we were doing something. We're like, it's nine. We got to like listen to this thing. And it's like, you know, I was with Clay and... The first listen is a is an intake of a lot of things because you don't have expectations. You know, every album she's done has been different from the, the, the next one. So from track to track to track, it was like, what, 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 what? Because all of them, you know, all we had at that point was Break My Soul. So we didn't know what the album was going to give and mind you the first song doesn't give break my soul energy not at all like and then mind you break my soul is like number five or something so you're like um so what is going to happen between this and five at least and each song was like this is giving this is giving so i don't think i really knew what was happening as I was listening to it, all I knew is like, this is fucking bananas and I'm here for it. And I don't think me and Clay said anything the whole time. Like, even though they're like the dance songs or whatever, it's like, no, we got to hear every beat, every note, every, like we can't move. Like we, you know, so uh, I don't think it was to like the second time it played again. Then we till we were like, okay, like I can, I know the words a little bit. We'll figure it out. So that was kind of like my my first impression. And I still have that that feeling when I hear it now. Like when that first first song come on, like it's it's like I was sitting in the, the quiet the first time I heard it, you know. So um, and I don't even listen to it that much, that particular song, because, you know, now you can kind of skip around a little bit. But like the the feeling that is evoked with each song is still the same. Listen, <laughs> because you, you I'm getting chills. Look well, at me, I'm getting chills. Well, let the chills come through because this is a serious matter. All right. Yes. <laughs> listening, you need to know this is a serious matter. Look, it's a problem. Um, listen, when I didn't know what to expect, but I knew B was coming to do something, mm-hmm. and she was sitting quiet. And she was coming to shake some shit up, right? Yes. All I knew was that I needed to be there and I needed to be in an intimate space to experience this first, the, the first listen. Mm-hmm. A good friend of mine was having a surprise party that night. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I went to the surprise party, but I had, I left after midnight, like 30 minutes after I said, I, it's all right. I'm on the East Coast Look, so at midnight. I gotta home. I gotta make it home so I can listen to this. I think I was texting you. I might have texted you. I texted Rashad. Yeah. 
Um, and I was in conversation with a couple of people. I said, happy B-Day. And <laughs> let's all just get on one accord wherever we are around the world. Yes. And I'm that girl, you know, just to quickly talk about how this shit opens. Mm. She comes in with this fucking repetition. Please, motherfuckers, ain't stopping me. Please, please motherfuckers, ain't, ain't stopping me. And then it, and it gets real kind of, you know, is it's it robotic? It's, it's mad, like... She's chanting. And, and then the bass is mad fucking hard. Yes. And she's saying, I'm that girl, which is, I'm that bitch, I'm that nigga, I'm, I'm that... Yes. I'm everything. And I'm like, what the f-? I was like, oh, B, is really, she's not fucking playing with us. And she's letting us know, when you press play on this bitch, it is going to be a vibe. Look. And it took me there. So I um, I remember that being the onset of how I felt. And then that carrying me. And then it just taking me to so many different places in an hour. Yeah. There are no words. And like I say, I am... I haven't really had this kind of conversation in a minute because I had I've been talking about this obviously when it first came out, but having this conversation again at this point in time, I'm like I am excited all over again. Like I can just ah, but yeah. And then here's a couple of things that I wrote um, regarding my first impressions. I said um, I saw it as an evolution, obviously. I said um, something that came up for me was being seen versus um, being celebrated and the difference that this was giving. And musically, like this is genius work. Mm. And I think about, you know, <laughs> there's other people that are like, I'm a musical genius and all this other stuff, fine. But there is an intricacy with how Beyonce has moved in the last specifically I would say five to probably since she had blue that comes out in her artistry Mm. that this album was like the fullest representation of that to Mm. date Mm. so mind you we have other acts there's act two and act three who knows when we get them we may get them and (laughs) we might be 50 talking about all right act two is here y'all I had to live life (laughs) (laughs) But there's something about um, the timing of it all and what it represents, um, not only to the culture, but to where she is in her career. That's like, this statement is bold as hell. Like you're, you're tackling different genres at once. Like you're, you're doing these melodies over this dance beat, over this hip hop beat, over all this stuff. And somehow all together, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. because these all could just be their own thing. You're like, oh, this is the lead single of this other album. And you're like, okay, cool. But it's a mixture of everything. So um, yeah, as far as the first impression goes, like blown away, mm. blown away. Um, you have anything else to say before I- Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead, go ahead. But I, I just wanted to say, uh, aside from- the the seeing yourself versus celebrating yourself mm-hmm. or being versus being celebrated mm-hmm. uh, and also the musical genius yes um also there's something that comes through when listening to this album 
that makes me think about Beyonce's connection to Source mm. and where she is on her own journey. Like you can feel and hear that she is really, really tapped into her power, her purpose, her understanding. And I feel like when you when you've done this kind of deep spiritual work and have this connection with spirit, that's the only way that you can say, I'm gonna stack seven harmonies this way on top of a beat that changes three different times in one song. Yeah. Because you exist in so many different places that you understand how to make them all come together so that it can reach as many fucking people as it's supposed to. That I'm like, oh, she is, she is centered. Yes. I felt that I felt that and it's funny too like when people be talking about um all the writers and stuff like that on the the tracks first off you have to understand where that is coming from it's really Mm -hmm. her giving credit just where credit is due Mm -hmm. so like I sampled this you know I'm her I sampled this song and there just happened to be five writers on that particular song which is added to who may be writing the lyrics to the song I'm actually working on. So, okay, now you have eight or whatever, and it, it can easily grow very quickly depending on how she's using using the samples. But a lot of times it's not an outright sample um, usage. It's like, I'm gonna take the sample and maybe use, I don't know, five seconds of it, but you gotta give the credit. Or yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna re-sing it in a way that you may not even know it's a sample, but it is. So it's like also the understanding of music, what she's heard, what she's experienced and how those things work together on a a particular track. So that is also part of the genius. It's like, there are some people who are like, you give them a guitar, they write, you know, a song and that's beautiful. And then there's those who are able to take from different spaces and put it together and be like, here's something you've never heard before. And that is the space I think a lot of the tracks of Renaissance live. So I just had to also talk about the the songwriting thing because it's like, y'all, she ain't out here like having 20 people in a room per se and like everyone's writing something and that's the only way that she can make a song. No, that is not the case. And even if she did that, who cares? You know what I mean? Like yeah. no one's going to deliver it like her. So it's yeah. like- those things do not take away from her artistry if anything it adds to it so i just wanted to bring that up and then also in regards to um i don't know i i just don't know how you listen to it and be like it's not like great um you can i mean you have your opinions here and there but i'm just like to my point about bringing things together and and understanding music in a really cool way also touching like her her foundation as far as um r&b like it's a very r&b rooted album even though it's over a lot of dance beats and and hip-hop beats and stuff like that like i don't know so in in this moment i'm just fighting a little bit of the criticism that people have against the 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 album because i'm just like y'all there's not much you can say after listening to it so i'm just putting it out there but Fuck the critics. Fuck them. Uh, and the naysayers. And listen, 
Listen, I, I, I agree. I think that, um, sure, perhaps you are entitled to your own opinion, but your opinion sucks. <laughs> um, it still is a safe space. So this is a safe space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is coming from an unbi- from a very biased, a very biased yeah. thing. Um, no, it is it is a work of art, and I think that there's so much uh, for people to um, so many ways to see yourself if you are open to it. Yeah, so true. So now I want to get into um, a little essay you wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Naji wrote this essay entitled renaissance hits like the first time i kissed a man um i've read it a few times i got the exclusive (laughs) um and it's amazing like it's an amazing um body of work it's not a super long read um but i feel like all the words in it are very very intentional and you could just sit with a sentence and just be like oh yeah i i feel that way and, you know, I, I kind of want to get into this whole essay around Renaissance and your own personal experience. So tell me a little bit about why you wrote the essay and the significance of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, why did I write the essay? I started writing this essay less than 24 hours after Renaissance was released mm-hmm. in the world. And so the next, um, yeah, that Friday, I I felt there was this burning, less of a burning, but a bubbling of thoughts and feelings inside of me. And I needed a place for it to go. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like a poem, which I can run to and write, you know, a lot, or it didn't feel like a rap, which I've been writing a lot of rhymes and raps this year. It didn't feel like an Instagram caption. It didn't feel like a series of tweets. I was like, there's a lot here. And so um, I literally put a bunch of sheets of paper on the floor in in one of my rooms. And I said, I'm gonna give myself just permission to write whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and First thought, uninhibited. Mm-hmm. And um, and once I looked at the, I did it over the course of two days. And I um, I went song by song. I was like, I have so many feelings by from each song. What do I have? Let me just see. And I looked back at everything that was before me. And I said, this might be some sort of long form written thing, mm-hmm. um, which became an essay. But I was just like, there's something that you're trying to say here, something that's jumping out. Um, sit with it and see what it is. Mm-hmm. Yo, in the, because you, you showed me a picture of the visual, like the paper on the floor. I was like, what was the video, I think? So like, you know, there's like two sheets of paper and then you, you go over this three and four. I'm like, there's a lot of paper all having words on them. Uh-huh. So like even the process of you creating it, I mean, at that time, I didn't know it was going to be this particular essay, but the process uh, getting to it was really beautiful to, to see the initial impact that this had and that you had words, not saying that it even made sense at the time, because it's probably like a more free flowing thing, but like you had words to what each song at that time meant for you. 
So um, thanks for sharing that because I was like, what is what's going on with you over there? But it was amazing. I, I want to add, thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Just acknowledging and seeing my process and and my and a version of my insanity. Um, <laughs> but I I wanted to add, you know, the short answer to your question of like, why did you write this essay? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, it felt like the most urgent thing that needed to be done. Wow. Um, I literally, I was just like, why is everybody not writing an essay <laughs> on this? Right? Yeah. I literally, I would go out the house. And I'm like, y'all not listening to this? Y'all right. not on every street corner? Why are you not bumping this at the supermarket, in the barbershop, everywhere? Yeah. Um, it felt so urgent to me. And why I called it Renaissance Hits, like the first time I kissed a man, it actually went through different titles. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, you know, I was like, is this about coming out? It was first going to be framed around coming out. Mm-hmm. That the title had to do something with my queerness. Because I was like, this feels so um, explicitly queer in so many ways mm-hmm. and alive through queerness. So the title had to do something about that. And I thought about, you know, writing about, is it about this coming out story? But then I was like, no. One, I was like, I'm not trying to be no authoritarian on coming out. (laughs) You know, even through my own journey, whatever that means, doesn't mean, I was like, it is not that. Um, But I was like, there was something about being ignited something about this kind of spark that happens, this rush, this adrenaline, um, this allure. uh, And I was just like, it reminds me of the first time I kissed a man. And so I was like, there is a shared experience that both happen because it's this first kind of initial thing that has made a huge impact and change in my life. That's the title. Wow. So was it more about like the actual feeling or even the maybe the journey to get to that place, if that makes sense? So like, you know, getting to Renaissance has been a journey for anyone who listens to Beyonce or or is a fan of Beyonce and, and to the point of you, you know, I'm kissing a man for the first time. There's the initial feeling, there's there's the after feeling, there's the journey to getting to that point. Um, what specifically is it about that moment um, that hits like Renaissance for you? I think it's all of the above. Ah, no, yeah. that's an answer. That's an answer. Yeah, it's all of the above because there's so much work that happens unconsciously and subconsciously for those moments to happen, mm-hmm. right? Before, before I kissed a man, right? There was so much in a work, um, when I had to accept and embrace myself, my own desires, mm-hmm. I had to actually give myself permission to say, Ooh, you're preaching. I, I am attract, am I attracted to men? Uh, let me mm-hmm. see, <laughs> let me act on it, right? Because there's so many people, there are people, I don't wanna say so many, there are people who live a path that may have desires and never get a chance to act out on them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I didn't want to live a version of my life where I didn't explore the possibility of all of who I was. Wow. And so, um, 
the first time that I actually had an experience with a guy, like that shit, and I talk about this in the essay, but it was it, it felt like a volcano was gonna erupt inside of me before. Uh-huh. I was so scared, I was physically shaking. I was just like a fucking mess. <laughs> and then I remember, you know, once you do what you do, yeah, yeah, start to touch or whatever. I remember feeling not only this kind of like rush of excitement, but this rush of passion. And also, I happened to have a very positive first experience with a guy, mm-hmm. um, and so I felt so held and seen in. Um, embraced Mm -hmm. um for an experience that felt like such a risk and so comparing that to renaissance b did the same thing for me yeah took me on this journey where um i feel like just listening through and going through all these emotions requires so much vulnerability Mm -hmm. and it feels like i'm taking a big risk as i'm traveling through these sounds and thinking about whatever my journey myself who i am loving myself being a fucking alien superstar vulnerable like plastic taking that plastic off the soap and then um and through it all i feel so fucking seen Mm -hmm. and so that's that's why i say it's all of the above i love this uh i'm giddy Yo, and, the, and it's funny because I, I talked about, you know, earlier uh, scene versus being celebrated. Yes. Um, scene is like uh, very important, but I think she also takes it to the next level with the celebration of it all. You know what I mean? Like it is so important for you to, I don't know, see people as people and the things that they're going through and, and hold them and all those things. But there's also... A celebration of it you know because you can see someone in private i guess you know like but when you go out and you proclaim yo i see this person i fucks with this person they got flaws i got flaws and we're still celebrating celebrating each other through it all and supporting each other through it all that is i think the space that renaissance holds for a lot hold for a lot of people where we we're seeing like okay this kind of feels like us what is this and then when you get into the lyrics of it all and the 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 talks about obviously uncle johnny and all this other stuff it gets into celebration mode which is another space that a lot of times we don't get to hold um Mm -hmm. publicly so Mm -hmm. for someone like beyonce to to do that it does feel like the first time (laughs) you know you kiss a man or i've kissed a man you know or uh the first time doing something that is a risk or you feel is a risk. So I, I look, I'm here for it all. And yeah, you want to add anything to that or I have another thing, but. <laughs> all right, Cause you know, I can keep going. We could be look. stuck. We could be stuck on, all right. Look, well, let, me this. let me just say this then since you yeah. give us space. Um, Beyonce literally gives us all tens. She said 10, 10, 10s across, across the, the board. board. She's telling us that your face card never declines. Like she is, she's, you talk about a celebration, like she gives you, you know, she gives us the ball scene. She gives us, you know, disco. She gives us ways for um, our bodies, our spirits, our fucking pizzazz to all be uplifted, exalted. 
She literally said, she's a god. She's a hero. <laughs> like, and why are you a god and you're a hero? Because you're comfortable in who you are, nothing else. Blood. So, right. go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're passionate, y'all. <laughs> I'm passionate too, though. <laughs> I love it. I'm drinking my water. So, what I want to do now, I want to dive a little bit into your um, your essay, and like we said earlier, it's broken up. Um, parts of it are broken up by song. So, you talk a little bit about how a song um, impacts you in the form of your writing or in your writing. So, I want to read a little bit of um, a couple of parts and ask you some questions from there, and then. We'll try to sum it up and all that stuff, but um, like in reading this this essay again, there's just so much stuff that came up for me, and I just wanted to get your take on, you know, what I was thinking and maybe what you were thinking. Mm. So, I'm reading a, a excerpt of the cozy section, and quite you know brief. You say, and if I had to describe this early '30s post coming out era of my life using only one song, it would be cozy. So, and you go into a lot more, but like, I would like to know for you, what does it mean to be in your early thirties, um, fairly new to the queer scene in, in general, in the grand scheme of your life. And you're also in one of the biggest cities in the world. Like, what does that mean to be cozy in this point of your life? Wow. What a great question. <laughs> you know, I, I asked the questions. <laughs> um, I think one to be cozy in this season of my life is a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing because um, I'm grateful that I've been able to arrive at a place where I can see myself fully mm -hmm. and uh love what I see. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't, and I'm still learning to do that, right? I don't want to pretend like I got it on lock and that I know all the ways, but I'm, I'm grateful to say that I'm at least in the practice of learning to love what I see in all of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason why I put this early thirties and post coming out era, those two things, because there was something, there was a lot of things I had to go through in my 20s in terms of seeing myself as desirable or worthy. Um, you know, I have heard these things from my friends and family and in the context of the work that I do. And, um, but to actually see and know that innately for yourself or for myself mm -hmm. was a different thing that I couldn't honestly say that I could really acknowledge and identify all those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, that tail end of my 20s leading into my 30s, you know, I talk about this in the essay, but I dealt with loss. So I lost my my dad's mom, my grandmother. Mm. Uh, I had an illness that literally almost killed me. Um, and I also just dealt with heartbreak, you know? Um, and the journey of, battling with my health and losing people close to me made me look at life as uh, in a very precious way and say to myself, if I don't live life fully in all my terms, then what the fuck else am I doing? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And in order to do that, it does require getting cozy with who you are. Mm-hmm. So um, that is what cozy means for me. Mm-hmm. Um, really leaning into who I am unapologetically and loving all that comes with that. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, people listening may be like, okay, well, it's hard for me to do that. <laughs> like, I don't like what I see. So, you know, so yeah. what, what steps do you, you take? Cause you say it's been, you know, a journey, like what practices or what have you done to help you get to this space of, of loving what you see? Like I said, it's a every day process. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are t- there are many times I can, I can give you examples today. I'll go in the mirror and it's like, okay, I don't like this. So I didn't like this. Um, or I don't like, I don't necessarily love this part of how I show up in a space, right? Mm-hmm. That may not have anything to do with my physical attributes, but may have something to do with my own confidence or my ability to advocate for myself or to speak up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to combat that, I think it starts with me acknowledging the small things that make me a little proud. Um, or like make what? me smile. Or, <laughs> this nigga said like what? Um, like, no, I, it's a true question. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> but okay, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, but like the fact that I can walk into any room of young people and engage them. Mm. You know? And I'm like, that is important to me because I really do believe in the next generation of young people. And the fact that I can hold their attention um, because I see them, because I actually want to listen to them, and I really do have things that I believe I can offer, mm-hmm. uh, that makes me feel proud of who I am. Wow. I think to add on to your question, like, how do you do that, right? And I'm trying to think about tangible ways. Mm-hmm. I think an, an important step is, you know, focusing on the inner mm-hmm. right um because the outer is is really a reflection of the inner yes. and how you see what is you know what you see when you look at yourself um is a reflection of how you truly see yourself in this beyond your shell right yes, yes. um and so I think for me, if we're talking about tangible things, one way that I focus on the inner, is I spend a lot of time in reflection. Mm-hmm. And as a writer, I'm constantly, um, and let me be real when I say constantly, I mean, you know, I will return that like every day or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I make an effort to return to the page to either journal about an experience that I had or just my day, what's frustrating me, what's exciting me, what I'm dreaming about. I kind of write these things down and in reviewing these things, or even just in the process of getting it out of my head, I'm able to see myself, um, to see my behaviors, to see my patterns, to see um, how I'm handling love, or you know, like whatever mm-hmm. I can I can see, and um, it's help. Yeah, it's helping me. It's helping to paint a fuller picture of who I am and who I know myself to be, and then I get to determine where I want to give myself flowers and and, mm-hmm. and there are things that I don't like 
if I have the power to, why don't I like those things, first of all? Yeah. And if, if I want to change something about it, then, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So there's more I can say on that. I'm trying to keep us on track. But <laughs> um, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> huh? You say good luck. Good luck. <laughs> look, it's been difficult. Um, but yeah, I think too, I'm just thinking too about like just self-reflection and loving yourself and, and getting to that space. And um, I think part of it is, if we're going back to the album, is a celebration of it all too. So you like, you see, you know, you may not look like someone else or you may, um, I don't know, do something different than someone else, but, you know, realizing those are the things that make us human, celebrating that. And, you know, if you're falling short for whatever reason, um, what I've been personally working on is giving myself grace, like a lot of grace. Like it's okay to mess up. It's okay. You know, we were like, I want to be more patient or something like that. And then you have this experience where you're not patient and you're like, oh, fuck. Like I said, I was going to be patient and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, it's okay. Like part of your journey is having moments of not being impatient, you know, and hopefully over time you work on that. So um, I think part of that, the celebration is also giving grace and be like, it's okay. And not only giving grace to yourself, obviously giving for other people, but I think it's easier sometimes to give that grace to other people than yourself, especially when you're talking about um, self-reflection and things like that and wanting to be better, whatever better means. But um, yeah, I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. preaching out here <laughs> so all right so now i want to um ask you one more question that is based on um the essay because i have a lot but let me see let me see let me see um, oh this section is so good y'all we're gonna get to the heated section and you say um and you're talking about your godchildren so you say and immediately I can't help but think about my very own God, very own Godchildren. Uh, help me with their names, please. I Halima. just want to say Halima, Iman, Iman, Miles, and Jalil. Jalil, thank you. Shout out to my Godchildren. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then you say, I can viscerally feel that yada, 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 boom, boom, ka, ka. What Uncle Johnny means to be, pew, to have a black, queer man so deeply rooted in your life using his hands to cover you in garments and prayer so when I read this whole section I don't I was like how did you even get to this I'm like this makes a lot of sense but a lot of this is is speaking on your role as a godparent um, to multiple children um, some who are not here with us in the physical and it was just really beautiful to read also, I am a, a godparent as well, and and that role is very important to me. And it's so interesting because like you're you're a parent, but you're not a parent, and then they see you as a godparent. The 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 name parent is in the name, so it takes on something a little bit more weightier. So um, yeah. So my question to you regarding this section and just the bigger talk of it all is, what has been um, or what has it been? being a godparent for you and what are your hopes for your your godchildren as it relates to 
identity and being free, which I think a lot of this album embodies. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of question, but you know. What has it been like being a god a godfather? Um it has been a it has been a really beautiful experience for me. And I I think that I one, I, t- I took on the role and responsibility. Like, I took it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you want me to be the God parent? And I'll say very briefly why. Um, uh, shout out to Auntie BB, uh, who is no longer here with us in the physical, but she is my uh, best friend, Sydney. Shout out to Sid. Yeah. Uh, Sid is Godmother. And she was like the pinnacle example of what it meant to be a Godmother. She was so present, you know, she uh, w- she she treated all of Sydney's friends like we were ex- also her godchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way that Sydney talked about her and the relationship that she played in her life and all the pivotal moments that she was present for, um, I could just see this being an extension of, um, of the parent village, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Auntie Bibi was also a queer black woman okay. who did not have any children of her own. Nice. And um, and so and even at that time, like when I'm in high school, was my first introduction to her. Like I'm not thinking about all these identities that she exists in. Uh-huh. I'm just thinking this is a dope ass grown adult who's <laughs> who's doing some things, and I'm like, she don't got to do nothing. She don't have to do none of this. Exactly. Right. And so for me, I um I see myself and just welcome the opportunity to be another adult in these children's lives um that can show them love, care, that can um offer them safety, mm-hmm. um be another advocate for them through through the like which you, you need me to go to war for you because i'm ready i'm ready to go to war um and yeah so it's been exciting my my oldest goddaughter is uh, i think she just turned four years old oh wow uh, so everybody's young the youngest miles july august september october november like miles is going on five months um and so and halima's two um and Jalil was uh my oldest goddaughter Halima's I'm sorry Iman is two Mm -hmm. uh, and Jalil uh would have both been four Halima and Jalil are twins and Jalil passed away Mm -hmm. Uh, and so yeah it's been it has been a delight to just be an adult in these children's worlds and my hope and dreams for them is that I can help them have access to, I can model and offer resources and support and tools for them to have access to the freest version of themselves. Yeah. And whatever that looks like, I, you know, I hope it looks so unique and specific to each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they just feel like they, that they can walk in any space and enact whatever change they want to create, that they have access to their voice, that they see their voices as powerful, that they see themselves as powerful. And I wanna be a supportive role and figure in their life to do that in as many ways as I possibly can. Wow, 
That's beautiful. I think too, when you were talking about Sydney's godmom, and you're like, she didn't have kids, and I was like, nice. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about the listener, I'm like, um, what do you mean nice? But what I, what I thought of when you said that is the fact that having children of your own, um, whether you birth them, adopt them, or whatever, um, doesn't mean that you don't have an impact in children's lives or that you can't um, intentionally have an impact in children's lives. So when you choose to be someone's godparent or just to be in their, their life in some sort of way, that is a really cool responsibility that goes beyond like I birthed this this person. So when you said that, I immediately thought like how cool it is that um, Sydney's godmom could have an impact on children, not only that she's related to, that, that goes beyond that. And that's really beautiful. And there's some people, uh, I think that is just their, their purpose. It's like the universe has not called you to have uh, children of your own in this way, in this form, but you are supposed to have impact. And there's different ways that that looks like. So, um, you know, shout out to the godparents out there and those who are um, just the other adults, I would call them intentional adults, I guess, that are are in children's lives and um, just making sure that they have um, a positive role model as someone who can expand their mind. And I think when I think of Uncle Johnny and specifically this heated song, and there's so many things about that I didn't really know. I had to like kind of um, dive into it and do some research regarding like, who is he? And is he really related? And all mm -hmm. the stuff, he is related. Um, mm -hmm. But um for someone to live their authentic lives and having a young person see that is life changing, you know? And I, and I, I hope to be that to my godchildren too. Cause even when you think about the, the queerness, like growing up, a, a lot of people was like, well, you got to keep that away from the children and you are mm. not ready or whatever. It's like, these children are smart as hell. Like yeah. they, they, they can process what's happening and they can also make decisions for themselves. And, you know, shout out to my God children's parents who um, they also have another queer, um, his mom has a, a queer uh, uh, cousin who have a, um, I think they used to live like not too far from them. So they were in, you know, my God children's lives as well. And just, that's that's impactful for me too. Yeah. Just like, oh man, like look at my godchildren and how they, I don't know, just see us as people, but it's because that's all they've known because yes. that's how they were, were raised, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, shout out, like you, you say it in the, the, the essay, but shout out to all the Uncle Johnnies out there because just like, being yourself in general is a lot, you know? Uh -huh. And for, um, you know, for kids and, and people that you're being intentional with to see that representation and have that in their lives, give them permission to be like, I'm going to be me and I'm going to do whatever I want to do as well. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to bring that part up because that, that part of your essay was very touching. Cause I never again, thought about the role in that way that I'm playing being who I am in their yeah. lives. You know, yeah. I'm not their dad. I'm not their mom. 
Uh, you go back over there when you're done. <laughs> but also, I don't have to put on some mask around these children. You know, mm-hmm. I can be myself. Um, you can see Mimi with my partner. It's all love. It's beautiful. And um, you can see different ways that love is expressed in this world and not be limited. So I think that's the role that a lot of, again, if we're talking about queer um, godparents to heterosexual couples, um, it provides just another um, perspective that they may not get in their normal day to day and realizing it's okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So there's so much I want to say, so I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there anything else that you want to, to share regarding Renaissance, regarding some of the things you may have written in, in, in your essay? your journey, um, anything you want to leave the people with before we go? Wow. Um, yeah, I honestly feel like we could, we literally, I feel like yes. we I have so much more to say, but you know, you know. <laughs> but, um, bless, bless the ears, bless the ears. Uh, no, I feel like we've said, um, what needs to be said in the moment, right? I want to honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what do I want to leave the people with? Um, I think in the spirit, because we 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 were talking about heated, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess this last track, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's funny because you asked me like, how did you? What I heard was like, how did you get there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, she says like, Uncle Johnny made my dress, but it's, like, it's not a song about I love my Godfather. Like, it's yeah, not- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um. So, but the song um, is has a lot of bravado. Like she's talking, I gotta fan myself off, mm-hmm. and I, like I I gotta cool down, right? Yeah. Uh, just because of just how sizzling hot she knows herself to she's be. She's cocky as hell in this. Yes, right. <laughs> and so I I just I guess if I want to encourage or if I want to leave the readers with anything, it is uh, to not find- readers. I mean, <laughs> if I like to to leave the readers, you're silly. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners, the listeners um, with anything is to find as many moments in the days ahead to fan yourself off Mm. and for whatever whatever moment that is for you to really sit in and feel your fucking self feel um your sexiness feel your audacity um feel your spontaneity feel your wonder um feel your I don't know, your passion, whatever it is, but give yourself a moment to to rev up and say, now let me cool down so that I can feel and acknowledge how fucking heated I am and, and bring that into the world. Selah. That's how we end it. Hey. <laughs> Yo, so we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you, Najee, for showing love today and talking about Renaissance and sharing some of your your essay with us. Um, before we go, what's your favorite song off of the, the album? Um, I well, first of all, thank you for having me. 
Of course. And thank you for creating this space for us to do what we would do uh, in in my living room, but... in your <laughs> living room. Um, but to 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 do it in this form, I really don't take this lightly, and I'm super grateful and honored to be able to have this moment with you. Um, I'm not a big fan of favorites, but right now, <laughs> right now, that's the Libra in me. Um, but right now, my favorite song would have to be Virgo's Groove. It has a whole. Mm. Yeah. But you can't say Virgo's Groove without like the whole set. It's like, okay. what, four songs together? Like the, the transition. It feels like one big song to me, even though they're four different songs. But for Virgo's Groove sets it off for me. It's okay. Well, what's other songs? Classic Off the Sofa. Mm -hmm. Wait, let's just pull it real quick because I don't want to misspeak. Um, yeah, Virgo's Groove to heat it to move, right? Well, it's, I would go back and I would say Hold Classic Off the Sofa, Virgo's Groove, move and heat it. There we go. There we go. No, I was okay. right. So the whole section of Classic Off the Sofa to Virgo's Groove to move to heat it. Okay. All of that is one song to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but yes. No, I understand. But shout out to Virgo's Groove. Like yes. it's 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 all the things. It's very summer. If I had a convertible and I'm just outside out here loving myself, loving my boo. Mm -hmm. All this stuff. So I love that. My favorite is I mean it's heated. It's it's just always gonna be heated. Mm. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know what to say, but it's funny because I felt like I felt like all up. Was it all up in your mind or America? Which one that were you sitting with? Like I used to. I mean, I still love. Not used to. America's got a problem. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's all the mood thing. So it depends on what the day is. Yes. So today is heated. America's got a problem. Will always have a special place in my my mind and in my heart because you can play that. You can dance to any beat to it. I went to a party um, like a month or two ago, and it was the first time I heard it in a party setting. And <laughs> I was switching the beat of like when I dance. So you can dance really, really slow. You can dance really, really hard and, and fast to it. You can do the mid, like there's three different things that you can do all at the same time and you will still, you know, catch the beat and be with the, the shits. Yes. So um, I just like the versatility of America's Got a Problem. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, here we go. We're starting again, and we can't do that. Yeah, but, I do want to say one thing. What? <laughs> uh, for anyone who is listening that would like to read my essay. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Where can we find the, the essay, Najee Omar? <laughs> um. It's on Medium, but the easiest way to access it is if you go to my Instagram page. Which is and, what? Which is at Najee Omar. That's at N-A-J-E-E Omar. <laughs> in my, <laughs> I love you. In my bio, uh, there's a click, there's a link to my link tree, and then it'll take you straight to the essay. Nice. And again, that essay is called Renaissance Hits Like the First Time I kissed a man um yeah so what you already said that your uh your instagram handle but if, is there any other place that people can reach you or not no 
right now you can follow me on if you want to follow engage with uh me across platforms at Najee Omar um I'm mostly active on Instagram and Twitter TikTok is loading come January 2023 oh lord I ain't on there and I'm not doing it Mm-mm. I'm making TikTok of me. We're gonna do a dance. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Thanks again, Naji. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining the show. Y'all be sure to follow and go read the essay. Do it now or tomorrow. Actually, no pressure, but read it. Um, <laughs> um, as always, be sure to subscribe to the Great Overthinker wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you'll get all the information when I drop stuff, when I don't drop stuff. Well, when I don't just drop stuff, you won't get any message, but when I drop stuff. And if you have any questions um, that you would like us to potentially ask on the show, please DM us on Instagram at The Great Overthinker. You can also email us at thegreatoverthinker at gmail.com if that's your thing. And I y'all, that's all we got. Until next time, thanks again, Najee. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Love you mucho. Until next time, bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye.